Chapter 16 Axe, what are you doing? Cassie demanded. Are you nuts? Marco cried. What's your problem, Axe? My voice asked the Andalite. But he did not waver. He did not pull that deadly tail away from my throat. Prince Jake has been taken. He is a controller. What? Rachel snapped. Back off, Axe. You're crazy. His head was in the yerk pool long enough for a yerk to enter his head, Axe said. And just now, you all saw his expression when he was surprised to see me. I am not human. I do not know every human expression. So tell me, what was that look? This is crazy. The yerk tried a disbelieving laugh. <laughs> Marco! Cassie! Would you please tell this nut that I am okay? But I saw a doubt in Marco's shrewd eyes. Yeah, I'm sure you're fine, Jake. But Cassie? Didn't you say Jake seemed zoned out? Like he wouldn't answer for a few minutes, even though he was awake? Cassie nodded her head. She, too, was looking suspicious. Yeah, he seemed normal and all, but he wouldn't answer me. She shrugged. Sorry, Jake, but you did act funny. It takes a while for the yerk to take full control of the host's brain, Axe said. During that time, the host will be passive. He may even seem to be in a coma. I swear, I could have kissed the Andalite right then. I wanted to yell, yes, yes! You guys can't possibly believe this, my mouth said. I mean, okay, we have to be careful. But it's me. It's me, Jake, alright? Being Jake and all, you'll understand if we take a minute to think this through, Rachel said. Axe, how are we supposed to know one way or the other? Tobias answered for him. The Yurk needs to return to the Yurk pool and absorb Kendrona rays every three days. If we hold him for three days, we'll know. Now I felt just the slightest edge of fear from the Yurk. He was measuring the odds trying to decide what to do. But with Axe's tail blade at my throat, the yurt kept my body very still. We can't hold him for three days, Cassie argued. His family would go ballistic. They'd call the cops. Chapman will realize he's not in school. The bad guys will put two and two together. Look, hello? Hello? It's me, Jake, remember? I am not a controller. Marco shook his head. If he is... If there's a yurk in his head, then he knows all our secrets. If he gets in touch with any other yurk, we are all dead. We can't take the chance. Maybe Axe is right, maybe not. But we can't guess wrong. I agree, Tobias said. If he's still Jake, he'll understand. If he's a controller, well, I guess we'll find out, won't we? Rachel? Marco asked. Rachel met my gaze. Sorry, Jake, but we have to play it safe. You know that. Look, I argued. It's like Cassie said. My folks will go nuts. They'll call the police. They'll go on TV asking if anyone has seen me. They'll be putting up posters all over town. I mean, no offense, Tobias, but I have an actual family, not some messed up aunts and uncles who didn't want to take care of me in the first place. People will notice if I disappear. I turned to Cassie. Cassie, come on, explain it to them. Come on, Cassie, I thought. Come on, be hard for once. Don't feel for me. Don't be sweet, just this once. There is this way, Cassie said hesitantly. To be sure he's not a controller, Rachel asked. 
No, Cassie said. Her voice grew stronger. A way to keep his family and the school from knowing he's gone. Axe could do it. Axe could morph into Jake. Cassie. The amazing Cassie. She had hit the one possible solution. I wished so badly I could tell her right then what an amazingly smart, incredibly cool person she was. The yerk in my head was not happy. What's the matter, Temrash 114 of the Slurpnier pool? I asked. Not feeling quite so cocky anymore? Axe reached one of his delicate, many-fingered hands toward my face. He pressed his fingers against my forehead. I will acquire your DNA now, Prince Jake, he said. The yurt could not stand it anymore. The Andalite's touch made him so furious it was like a physical illness. Get your hands off me, Andalite filth! He screamed aloud in a distorted version of my voice. But Axe's tail was still within an inch of my jugular, and the yurk knew very well how deadly fast that tail was. He did not move. The others all stared, wide-eyed. Well, Rachel said, at least now we're sure. No, you're wrong, my voice pleaded. He's just making me mad. Hey, it's been a stressful morning, all right? Give me a break. And a light, filth, Tobias repeated the Yurk's words. We're supposed to believe Jake would say that? Jake? Because he's stressed out? Nah, not in this universe. Jake, Cassie said, looking to my eyes. I know you're still in there. I know you're probably afraid. But we will get that thing out of your head, Jake. We will. Okay, Marco said. We need a place to keep him. We can't use anyone's home, Cassie said, thinking aloud. We can't use my barn. My dad is in and out of there constantly. I know a place, Tobias said. It's not far from here. An old shack back in the woods. We can tie him up. Rachel said, but we'll still have to have at least one of us there all the time, to make sure he doesn't get away. I cannot help very much, Axe said. I will be pretending to be Jake. Okay, Margo said. Then the rest of us, Cassie, Rachel, and I, will rotate shifts, along with Tobias. Tobias can stay the whole time, except when he has to go hunting. Okay, let's go, Rachel said. Come on, Jake, get up. We're out of here. Cassie came over and gave me her hand. She helped pull me to my feet. It was an odd moment because I could feel Cassie's touch, and yet I had no power to squeeze her hand or give her any assurance. The Yurk did that for me. He deliberately held her hand an extra few seconds. She cares for you, the Yurk said. She is their weak link. Rachel will be strong. So will the Hawk and the Andalite. But Marco, he thinks too much, and he has an interesting history. He is open to persuasion. I felt sick. The Yurk was opening my mind at will, reading whatever he wanted. I had no secrets from him. None. He already knew everything I knew about my friends. If he got away... My feet began walking. Tobias led the way, appearing and disappearing in the trees above. Rachel walked ahead of me. Behind me, Marco and Axe. Cassie stayed at my side. From all we know, Jake, you can still hear and understand me, Cassie said. I know you can't answer, or if you do answer, it won't be you anyway. But it is me, 
said the Yurk. Who else could it be? The Yurk, Cassie said calmly. You think I'm a controller just because I yelled at Axe? Like I've never lost my temper before? Come on, it was a bad day. For all of us, but especially for me. Not so bad a day, Axe piped up from behind. How many Yurks were in that pool? How many survived those temperatures? Only you, by getting inside Prince Jake. How many of your pool fellows died today? I could feel the Yurk boiling with rage. It was shocking and bizarre to feel so much emotion. It was something he could not hide from me. I could feel his emotions, even though I could not penetrate his thoughts. Axe, the Yurk said, I'm never happy when any creature has to be destroyed. But I don't feel any pity for those Yurks. They are out to enslave us. We did what we had to do. It was perfect. Exactly what I would have said. Because it was exactly what I felt. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw Cassie look at me with a puzzled expression. See? Already she has doubts, the Yurk said to me. She is bothered by the Andalite's bloodthirstiness. She liked what I said more. Was he right? Would all my friends stand firm? How could they, when every word I spoke sounded exactly like me? We marched through the woods for what seemed like a very long time. None of us could move very fast because we were without shoes. Tobias knew these woods well and led us around rambles and rough patches, but still, my feet were tender after an hour of walking on pine needles and twigs. But the pain was so far away. I was feeling it from a distance. It was like I was shackled, chained to a wall. I could not move a hand or even a finger. I did not blink my own eyes. I did not decide what direction to look or what sounds to focus on. The Yurk's control was absolute. Almost there, Tobias said. I'm going higher to make sure the area is completely clear. All this walking, such a wasted effort, the Yurk commented to me. They cannot possibly hold me against my will. Not even for three hours, let alone three days. You heard Tobias, right Jake? Cassie asked. Almost there. It's a good thing. My feet are killing me. I need to walk barefoot more often, like I did when I was little. Toughen up, for times like these. Getting home will be easier. I can just use my osprey morph and fly home. Cassie, listen, the Yurk said. I know you guys think you're doing the right thing, but there's no way Axe can pull off being me. My parents will figure it out. Or worse yet, Tom will figure it out. And then we'll all be dead. Don't you see what's happening here? Shut up, Yurk, Rachel snapped. I've known Jake all my life. Marco has known him since they were kids. And Cassie has known him for years. Between the three of us, we can teach Axe to pass for Jake. It will never work, the Yurk said. Rachel stopped walking. She turned to face me, blocking the way. She was smirking, but she seemed to be looking past me, over my shoulder. No? You don't think so, Yurk? The Yurk stopped walking. Rachel, you don't have to try and impress me with how tough you are. I know you're too smart to really believe any of this. And you know as well as I do, this is not going to work. I disagree, a voice behind me said. Humans believe what they see. The Yurk whipped my head around. There, standing a few feet from me, was... Me. Totally, absolutely, me.
Chapter 17 He was the perfect copy of me, like looking in a mirror. I morphed a while back, Axe said. I've been watching the way you walk and move, to copy you better. Tur, bet, tur. The yurt grinned. You may look like me, but that isn't going to be enough. I give it an hour before Tom figures it out. Marco looked at Rachel and cocked an eyebrow. Rachel looked at Cassie, who sighed and nodded her head. See, that was a stupid way to play it, Yerk, Marco said. If you really were Jake, you might be frustrated that we wrongly suspected you. But you'd figure the smart thing would be to help Axe play the role. If you were you, so to speak, you'd have to hope Axe pulled it off. Rachel curled her lip contemptuously. You just blew Final Jeopardy. You're still trying to make us let you go. By now, Jake would have realized he had to help us succeed. The York said nothing. I think he knew he'd made an error, but I still sensed absolute confidence from him, like a poker player holding an extra ace. We reached the shack. It was a depressing, half-fallen-down mess, with a wood floor and log walls and a roof that only covered half the place. There was a bird's nest of some type in the rafters. Bushes had grown in through a hole in one wall. There were beer cans and soda cans strewn around, but they all looked pretty old. Nothing recent. Tobias had chosen well. We would probably be left alone for the three days. Tobias, with his laser vision, had found a few feet of rope in an old campground. He flew back with it in his talons, and Rachel and Marco tied my hands behind my back. Sorry, Jake, Marco said, but that's the way it is. If you're still in there, you understand. We'll loosen the rope every couple of hours so the circulation isn't cut off, Rachel said. I'll be here for the first shift. Cassie and Marco are going back with Axe to get him prepared to play you. She smiled. He already has the serious, responsible-sounding thing down. They just need to give him a sense of humor and stop him from playing with every sound he says. It sounded fairly good to me, but I was nervous that only two of them would be around to guard me. Of course, one of those two was Tobias. I could never run fast enough to hide from him, and Rachel could morph into a wolf and run me down. But it bothered me that the yerk in my head had not lost his cockiness. In fact, he was reveling in a fantasy of promotion and power. Within a few hours, I will be back with my kind. I will personally tell Visser 3 all I know. It will be the end of your little band. The end! Visser 3 will promote me again. It will be the fastest series of promotions ever. I'm already in the 100s. I could rise to the 90s. I will be an underviscer. In a few of your years, who knows? I could be a visser. But it was more than just talk. I could see the pictures, too. The images his mind conjured up. They were sketchy but I saw Visser Three nodding his head as my yurk, still in my body, showed him my friends. They were all bound and gagged, and lying helpless on the floor of Visser Three's blade ship. Why was I seeing this? The yurk was able to shield his other thoughts. Was this fantasy too emotional for him to hide from me? Or was he actually showing off for my benefit? Do you have these fantasies a lot? I said, as cruelly as I could. You want to laugh at my fantasies? Shall I delve into a few of yours? Let's see what's hidden deep in your brain, human. 
And then, to my horror, I was no longer in the cabin. It was a bright, huge gymnasium. But not exactly a gym. A sports arena. Yes, with thousands and thousands of fans. I felt like crawling away. I knew this fantasy. It was kind of lame, I guess. But I could not escape. The yurt could play my fantasies as easily as sticking a cassette into a VCR. In my fantasy, people were cheering. And there I was, in a pro uniform. I was older, but I still looked pretty much like myself. The game clock was at 5 seconds. 4. 3. I set up and took an incredible 3-point shot from midcourt. Swish! The stadium went crazy! Cheering, horns sounding, people chanting my name. And there was Cassie, in the stands, smiling at me. She was sitting with my parents. And there was Tom. He walked out onto the court and threw his arms around me. He patted me on the back. Great game, he said, as usual. End of fantasy. The images disappeared. I felt very small suddenly. Very unimportant. Very weak. Ah, yes, the Yurk said and laughed. It shocks you that I can play your thoughts back for you. Your brain is no different to me than one of your primitive human computers. I open any file I like. I play any software. I use you. I own you. I dominate you. You are nothing anymore. Just an echo. Just a ghost haunting the machine of your own brain. Yeah, I managed to say. Well, you're a screw-up who is tied up in a cabin in the woods. In three days, you're dead. I won't be here three days, he said. You'll be here far from your stinking yurk pool. No arrays, And you'll shrivel up and die and crawl out of me. I had been calm. But then, I lost control. You'll die! You'll die like the others died! You think you'll win? You'll lose! You'll lose! You can't control me! You can't control me! You can't control me! Oh? The Yurk asked with silky menace. That's just what your brother said. At first. Shall I show you? Shall I play one of Tom's memories for you? I can feel you cringe. I can feel your fear. Yes, yes I will. Here, enjoy a preview of your future. It was as if a third mind had joined us. It was real. So completely real. Not like a vision or a movie or something. I felt this. I felt it exactly as if I were there. My brother's mind. His thoughts. His memories as clear as if I were seeing them myself. Tom. Some piece of Tom that the Yurk still carried with him. It was from just a few days earlier. He was sitting at the breakfast table, across from me. I saw myself through his eyes. I looked... Distant. Distracted. Preoccupied. Hey, midget. What's up? He asked me. Not much. How about you? Oh, I'm going to a meeting. The sharing? I asked him. Yeah, we're doing some cleanup in the park. You know, do our part for the community and all. Then we're having a barbecue afterward. You really should join, you know. We'd get to spend more time together. It was just as I remembered it. Except that now, I felt Tom's emotions, not mine. The real Tom. The true Tom who was crushed beneath the Yurk's control. He was crying. Sobbing. Helplessly. Silently. 
Not Jake, he cried. Leave Jake alone. Leave my brother alone. I'll... Look, I'll never trouble you again, I swear it. Just leave Jake alone. The Yurk waited while the full impact of direct contact with Tom's mind sank into my own. Tom was defeated. Desperate. He spent his time wishing he could die. He had given up any hope of escape. Given up. That's how it always is, the Yurk said. At first the host fights, or at least tries. But hour after hour, and day after day, they see that they cannot rule their own bodies. The host sees that no one even knows what has happened to him. No one knows he is lost in his own head. And, over time, hope dies. The host becomes a faint, shattered creature, like your brother. The Yurk was telling the truth. That's what made it so terrible. It was true. I could feel Tom's complete, utter despair. I could feel that he had accepted defeat. I knew that all he wished for now was an end. And I knew, also, that I was no stronger than Tom. But still, one hope lingered in me. Three days, I told the Yurk. In three days you will die. Wait and see, human. Just wait and see. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, dear Daniel, the host of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. Happy birthday to me. Hi, it's Daniel. By the time you're listening to this, it will have been my birthday. So happy birthday, me. You did it. And the best birthday present of all was all of you tuning in to this episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. Well, that's probably not true. The best gift would be like... Money? Yeah, money would be pretty good. Anyway, thank you for listening. I forgot to mention this last week, so I'm going to get it out of the way right now, right here. Uh, my episode of the, where I guessed it on, The Equalizers came out. I actually did too, and now they're both out. So go listen to the first one where I pitch my Mario Brothers sequel movie titled Super Mario Bros. Colon, the movie colon, 2 colon, Mario is Missing colon, the movie. It's very good. I had a lot of fun. The second one, uh, I judged between two pitches between hosts Mike and Madison and decided which one was better, and my judgment is absolute and final and correct. So if you disagree, you could reach me at audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com and tell me you think I'm wrong, and I'll tell you that I wasn't. I was correct. Go check out The Equalizers. That's E-Q-U-E-L. It's like sequel, but without the S. Equalizers.podbean.com or Equalizers on iTunes or Google Play, I think is the other thing it's called. Android Play? Whatever. The other the other one, you know. The one that's not iTunes. They're everywhere. Uh, go listen to them. They're a lot of fun. But if you'd like to listen to this, this podcast. Oh, this podcast here? The one you're listening to right now? If you'd like to hear more of it? 
You can do that at audiomorphs.podbean.com or audiomorphs on iTunes. I don't know if I'm on Google Play. I didn't really set it up. Most i or sorry, most uh podcast casters can just pull from iTunes and stuff, so I was like, whatever. Uh, I'm around. Give me a rating and review on iTunes. Uh, since I already talked about where you can find me, that's audiomorphscast at gmail.com and audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. I suppose we are done here. So once again, happy birthday to me. Listen to the Equalizers. Listen to my podcast here that you are doing currently. Keep doing that. Give me a rating and review and have a wonderful week. I will see you next time. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.